from starvation, cold and exhaustion, or because the soldiers had absolutely no idea how to look after them. This is not a pretty story. It has been written with tears, not ink. Locked away in my study day after day, the material was so harrowing I was in despair that I would ever be able to finish the book. But gradually, I succumbed to the fascination of the subject. For with military history, you put your finger on the pulse of all history, and so open the jewel box of the past. Gradually, I realised too that it was not just a dry-as-dust subject dealing with tactics and strategies, but a story as full as any great novel of hatreds, petty jealousies, bumbling incompetence, burning ambition, and above all, love. For where animals are concerned, there is always love. One thinks of the Indian muleteers, paid £1.20 a month, who refused ever to go on leave because they couldn't bear to be parted from their beloved mules, or the German horse who stopped in the middle of a cavalry charge and trotted back to comfort his dying master until a shell killed them both, or of the bedraggled mongrel in the trenches running desperately from soldier to soldier, gradually coming to the end of his little strength as he frantically searched for his missing master. Fortunately, too, where animals are concerned, comedy is never far away either. As each chapter was started and I became acquainted with each new animal, I would wander downstairs announcing, I must have a mule. They're so wonderful. Or, do you think we could find room in the paddock for a baby camel? Or even an ox? They're so terribly brave. As I type this introduction, my two dogs sleep sleekly beneath the table, and a large black cat purrs in my in-tray. Across the valley, cows and sheep graze safely in the fields, and among them two beautiful, slightly muddy grey horses suddenly kick up their heels and, full of the joy of life, break into a gallop, manes and tails streaming. This is how animals should live, not dragged, terrified and suffering into our human conflicts. I am well aware that many, many aspects of animals in war have been covered sketchily, some not at all. But if this book should make a few people aware of the immeasurable debt we owe to the animal kingdom for our freedom today, I shall be very happy. Gloucestershire, 1983 And now, Animals in War My Kingdom for a Horse Do you know what they fought about? I asked. No, he said. That is more than a horse can understand. But the enemy must have been awfully wicked if it was right to go all that way over the sea on purpose to kill them. Anna Sewell, Black Beauty On the morning of Tuesday the 20th of July, 1982, a new guard, formed by the Blues and Royals Mounted Squadron, rode out from Hyde Park Barracks to take over as the guards at Whitehall. 
well aware that they were the loveliest sight in London. They rode with pride, and the usual crowd gathered along the pavement to marvel and applaud. Just as they were approaching Hyde Park Corner, a nail bomb hidden in a nearby car was detonated, killing four members of the guard. What sent shockwaves of horror and outrage through the world, however, was that seven of the beautiful, glossy black horses which carried the soldiers were also killed, and three severely wounded. Sefton, at nineteen, the oldest, was the most badly injured. His jugular vein was completely severed, and a six-inch nail had pierced straight through his bridle into his head. After twenty-eight pieces of shrapnel were removed from his body, he made a slow but complete recovery and returned triumphantly to work in November, having become a...